0: Welcome back to the Maroon Weekly. It is week four, January 26th, and as always, I'm Isaac.
1: I'm Ruth. I'm Joanna.
0: And we've got a lot of interesting stories for you all today, and so Ruth will get us started. You've got a story on teaching as part of a curriculum for PhD candidates, right?
1: Yeah, that's right. Uh, So over this last week, the Maroon talked to a couple of graduate students who had noticed that on their transcripts there were records of courses that uh, represented teaching classes that they had taught in the past, such as graduate student lectureships or uh, teaching assistantships, which they had not been enrolled in previously, and when compared to earlier transcripts that that they had downloaded in 2018, they noticed that uh, those courses hadn't been on the old transcripts and had suddenly appeared on these new transcripts. So they took to social media, they posted uh, noticing that these courses had been added and wondering whether uh, the addition of these courses was related to recent university policy that seemed to be pushing towards uh, teaching being counted as part of the learning curriculum for graduate students rather than work. And uh, In response to this, this past Friday Shea Wolf sent out an email to graduate students notifying them that those courses had in fact been removed from their transcripts. But several graduate students in the Division of Humanities still felt that these courses were uh, indicative of university policy continuing to shift towards teaching being considered part of their education rather than work. The graduate students noted that these changes took place as far back as November 1st and possibly even earlier. So we will look forward to seeing whether the university continues to go down this path or whether the response of graduate students will result in this change never taking place.
0: Thank you. Joanna, you've got a story on the Women's March, correct?
2: Yes. So um, Chicago's fourth annual Women's March happened last week. Students from the University of Chicago, Loyola University, Chicago, Northeastern Illinois University, and DePaul University were among the estimated 10,000 attendees for Saturday morning's Women's March. Um, The marchers attended in support of a range of different uh, causes, including climate change, indigenous rights, and reproductive justice. Some marchers did not arrive in support of any particular issue, but out of a desire to do something and participate in an annual mass demonstration against the Trump ministri- administration. Chicago undergraduates Anya Adelstein, Zoe Benjamin, and Megan Bonas said that they were in the loop for the march to contribute and increase public recognition of the diverse issues that marchers supported at the event. And representatives of National Nurses United, the National Nurses Union attended the march as well, including a, ten- a contingent of nurses from the University of Chicago Medical Center. So the University of Chicago Medical Center nurse, Jean Hieronymus, explained that the Women's March also ties into the union's activism following a successful strike last fall.
0: Returning to the topic of university administration, I have a story about our current vice president, David Fithian, and his accepting of a position as the president of Clark University in the next school year. Fithian joined the staff at University of Chicago in 2007 as a secretary, but assumed the position of vice president in 2009, and the office of the vice president oversees lots of different university um, projects, such as the creation of Campus North, the soon-to-be creation of the Woodlawn Residential Commons, the Study Abroad Center in Hong Kong, and the Logan Center for the Arts. While a lot of these advancements have been widely accepted, some of his other policies have, met, have been met with some criticisms, such as his decision to keep students on campus for two years in housing. He graduated from Clark University in 1987 with a bachelor's degree in English and sociology, and he will be assuming the presidency at the university on July 1st. Speaking of presidents, Ruth, you've got a story about Bernie Sanders, right?
1: That's right. So looking at uh, groups on campus and how they are supporting their chosen candidates, uh, we turn to UChicago for Bernie, which is a group that has been organizing weekly phone banks for Bernie since October. And it's made up of anyone from undergraduates to graduate students, and they've all been participating in these phone banks which allow them to call potential voters and talk to them about Sanders' policies and why they support Bernie Sanders. The students that the Maroons spoke to, who work in the phone bank for Bernie, spoke about how much they enjoyed speaking to potential voters and discussing the issues that they found important. They find that speaking one-on-one with possible voters or even people who are thinking of supporting other candidates allows them to drill down into the issues that they care most about and reintroduce politics into the lives of people who are maybe disengaged from the electoral process. So the people who work on these phone banks really get a lot out of it and find that uh, they are able to share their own concerns and learn, learn about the concerns of others. People on the phone bank also note that they really appreciate how easy they find it to become a volunteer for Bernie's campaign in that the resources that the Bernie campaign has online for phone bank workers uh, are very easily accessible after completing an online training. And overall, they feel that they are having a big impact on the campaign just by getting people to turn out for primaries and caucuses for Bernie. Along these lines, uh, the Chicago Maroon has endorsed Bernie Sanders uh, as their chosen presidential candidate.
0: Feel the burn. (laughs) And to wrap things up on a rather happy note about another president currently in the United States and his decision to employ the Space Force, Uh, in their 2019 and 2020 annual allocations funding request, the Ryerson Astronomical Society, RAS, requested $102 million from student government to support their creation of a Space Force ROTC. The ROTC, or the Reserve Officers Training Corps, is a university-based officer training program for training commissioned officers of the U.S. Armed Forces. The RAS is UChicago's astronomy RSO and aims to observe the celestial luminaries in hushed awe, according to their website. Yearly funding is used to provide pizza fair presentations and to maintain the observatory's over 100-year-old rooftop telescope. According to Dylan Suke, the president of Ross, the organization submits funding requests to student government every year as a long-running tradition. In the 2018-19 academic year, RAS requested $250 million to buy the Yerkes Observatory, which was funded $2.25 with the comment CTA bus fare. This year's request, while in line with past years, also makes a more serious point. Suke said that we are very against the weaponization of space and think it's a shame that we as a country have chosen to make moves that lead to futures we are more likely to jeopardize legal precedents like the Outer Space Treaty. Currently, a lot of exploration and research is very cooperative, and we think that leads to the best science. In December of 2019, President Donald Trump signed legislation creating a Space Force branch of the U.S. Armed Forces as part of a new defense spending bill. UChicago currently has Army and Air Force ROTC programs uh, organized in conjunction with University of Illinois Chicago and the Illinois Institute of Technology, but currently it does not have a Space Force ROTC. Student government annual allocations, funded $1 of the requested $102 million. That is all for this week. Catch us again next week for the next episode of the Maroon Weekly. Music for the Weekly is produced by Aaron Senden, Andrew Dietz, and Kenny Talbot-Lavega. And as always, I'm Isaac. I'm
2: Ruth. I'm Joanna.
0: And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you.